0: recording here in December. We'll we'll top 80 episodes. We've been doing it for uh, just about 18 months. And uh, it's been pretty awesome, actually. I mean, people have been willing to come on. They tell their story, which is the first part of every interview we do. The first half of the podcast is their transition story if they were in the service or how they got into military transition space if they weren't military. And so that's super powerful for the veteran community.
1: Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. If you're a military veteran who's transitioning back to civilian life, or you know someone who is, today's episode could literally change lives. Our guest is Sean Welsh, a retired Army veteran of over 20 years who has made it his mission to educate others about the 45,000 programs available to veterans as they exit service. Let's find out how and why he got started in this quest.
2: Sean, welcome to Be Bold Branding.
0: So happy to be here. This is great.
2: Yes, sir. and also thank you for
0: your service. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, we really, really appreciate that. And the, the topic today that we're going to talk about is really fascinating. And when Tanya told me sort of the background of it, I, I was really fascinated to dig into it a lot deeper. Uh, but let's start with you, uh, since that's really where the conversation begins for us. Uh, tell us why you joined the Army 20 years, 20 plus years ago. The million, uh, the million dollar
0: question. Right. Uh, so actually, you know, my dad was a uh, career Navy. So I grew up in a military home, never had anything against the military. But honestly, that wasn't the path I thought I was taking. I was uh, planning on trying to be an A&R rep for record label in Nashville, actually. I wanted to go find new talent. And um, I was actually managing one of those old Sam Goody music stores at the time uh, when 9-11 happened. I just finished college. Uh, I was about a year out. 9-11 happened. I uh, decided, you know, i probably need to do something a little bit more important. Um, that, than what I originally thought of, so uh, decided to join the military. didn't know if it was going to be a career. didn't know if it was just going to be you know a four- year hitch, but um, you know hit the halfway mark at 10 and decided well, we might as well do 20 at that point. So here we are.
1: When you came back to civilian life, tell us a little bit about your transition out of that.
0: The difference, I think in, in my transition started with the fact that I came in at 28. I had already been in the civilian world, I'd already gone to college. And so I was always friends with a lot of the people who were retiring. <laughs> so most of my career, I was having conversations about getting out of the military. So that definitely helped me when it came time for me to transition out. Through the course of the transition, about six months in, we started the vet SOS podcast to focus on the transition space. And I had the the benefit of hearing all these stories, all these horror stories, what not to do, uh, You know, a good 50 interviews that I did before I finally left the military. So I, I learned... A lot of what I shouldn't do, and I actually had a very, very good transition, and in many cases overdid it. Um, I wound up doing about 26 different uh, programs through, through the two-year transition part, and, and that's quite excessive. Um, but in all in all, it, it was exactly what I was hoping it would be, and we hit all the marks we wanted to, including you know moving to Jacksonville, Florida, where we wanted to retire, and of course the the pay and job security that we were looking for.
2: That's super interesting. So if I got this right, you started a podcast even before you got out or you prepared? Oh, that's great. That's super, super thinking right there. So so tell the audience, how many uh, vets are transitioning
0: each year roughly? So roughly it's 200,000 a year get out of the military, transition out one way or another, whether it's retirement or just doing a certain number of years and getting out.
1: Wow. And you mentioned, you know, I think in, in some of the material I was reading about um, that SOS is that the government doesn't tell you about all these organizations. And and as you're transitioning out, like, how did you find out they existed?
0: So I, I will clarify, I'm not knocking the government in that sense. We're talking about sure. 40,000 plus, 45,000 organizations. The government just can't possibly tell you about all of them. Exactly, And, that, and that's a mix of profit and nonprofit and You know, so you you have a whole thing going there. There's a handful of things that you do learn when you start the transition process. So if you start with the USO, which is on every base, they have a Pathfinder program. And through that program, they start pointing you in the direction of certain things. Um, There's a couple organizations that they have agreements with. And so they'll push you there. So you start to learn. And then when you go through what we call TAP, the Transition Assistance Program, each branch of the service has it and it's mandatory. Uh, One of the things they really start pushing on you is LinkedIn. So whether you want to do it, don't want to do it, they push it on you anyway. And some of us, like I got really into it. Other people hardly touch it. Um, But as I started doing that and started reaching out to people who were already retired and and what have you, I started learning about some of these organizations. And then I also had the benefit of a good friend of mine being about six months ahead of me. So I just grabbed onto his coattails and went for a ride uh, when we first started.
2: So I, I can take like looking for nuggets of, of super, super important things. One of the things I think I can pull right off of the bat with that is number one, you should do it, right? You should do something because oh, I yeah. mean, so many of us in life, we just, we get good advice uh, from sound advice from sound people that know what to do. And then we're like, ah, LinkedIn, ah, you know I mean? We're all guilty of it. Right. And so I think that that's something that's, it's, but it can i would think it could be like extremely overwhelming when you do think about even five things that you could do or organizations that help you much less 45,000 or well over 40,000 that's a lot to start to start delving through and it Absolutely. is is that what SOS it primarily does talk to us a little bit about that
0: so <clears throat> the whole reason we started the podcast was to highlight the various organizations in the Veteran transition space. So essentially, I could do forty thousand interviews and not run out of guests, which is you kind of a good place to be, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, we started reaching out to to some of the organizations that I'd I'd done programs through and trying to find a rep to come on and what have you. And so we're we're recording here in December. We'll we'll top eighty episodes. We've been doing it for uh, just about eighteen months, and uh, it's been pretty awesome actually i mean people have been willing to come on they tell their story which is the first part of every interview we do the first half of the podcast is their transition story if they're in the service or how they got into military transition space if they weren't military and so that's super powerful for the veteran community hearing their stories and and, you know the horror stories you know probably the worst the better actually because it really gets you your eyes open um but then, you know, then we have them tell us about the organizations that they're they're working with. And, you know, the whole goal is just to educate, you know, because most of these organizations work with veterans. So it's not just people transitioning. They work with the transitioning service members and they work with the veteran military spouses. So, you know, highlighting it for all those groups to say, hey, this is just information. It's free. You get on the website and click on an episode. You can listen to it if you like the person talking. Maybe there's a connection there. You want to go check them out. And the link to the, the organizations on the website as well.
2: That's that's awesome. Do, 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 does any of them stand out to you? And you don't have to call names if you don't want to. But like tell us a little bit about like some of the transitional services that are necessary for our veterans coming out.
0: So I, I don't mind. Uh, driving, and none of these guys pay me. Uh, these are just <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, of the 26 organizations I did and all the things I tried to attend. Uh, I did develop ones that I liked more than others, or I thought provided a certain service better than others. And uh, so you have like Vets to Industry and 50 Strong are two great networking. And and then uh, the key community down in San Antonio. So those three together do networking events online all the time. Some of them do some in-person stuff, uh, but it really provides a great platform to meet fellow people transitioning, meet experts already in the field and learn about new resources. So I always encourage people to check out those types of resources um, because they're each doing at least one thing a month, which is great. So people can just jump in when they're available and catch what they have going on. Uh, We also have a great platform called Veterati, which is a mentorship program. It almost works kind of like Tinder, you know, where you put in your profile (laughs) and then it'll match you. You know, like say I want to be a. Project manager, it'll say you're a 90% match with this person who happens to be a project manager. And what you do is you set up a one hour informational interview, essentially, Mm -hmm. uh, to talk to them about, you know, whatever you want to talk about. And then, you know, using that service alone, I was able to cross a whole bunch of things off my list. that I knew I wasn't going to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just yeah. phenomenal. And it's free. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Because I would think like you come out of the military, even if you're like you you served a good four year term or an eight year term and not even just for a life or whatnot. You do have a skill set. You're like, I'm wondering where I can put the skill set to, to work. Or maybe you were had a skill set that you did for the military. That is not what you want to do for the rest of your life. Right. And so. Does it help you figure some a lot of that kind of thing out?
0: Oh, absolutely. The greatest feeling in the world is that day you decide that you want to retire from service. It's just like this weight lifts off your shoulder. You know, it's time to go. It's my time. And then the next day you wake up with this huge weight on your shoulders. You know, what am I going to do? Now
1: what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, literally, you know, through training, education, jobs, uh, all that stuff, you you could qualified to do thousands of things so especially if you do you know 20 plus years in the military mm-hmm. so that was really the second goal I would say in my opinion The first thing is my wife and I I wanted to make sure we knew where we wanted to live that, that was number one for us once I knew where I was going to live then I could worry about the job and so once we decided on Jacksonville then it was really working I spent probably six months whittling down things that I I didn't want to do. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I got down to like four or five things that I said, you know what? I think I'd enjoy this. And and so it was a process and you just sort of have to work through it. And, and, you know, for me, my biggest job requirement was I wanted to enjoy going to work. You know, I, I didn't want to go to work and be miserable. I wanted to enjoy going to work and, you know, the people I worked with and the organization and. Yeah, you know, I found it.
1: Tell me this, you know, you mentioned LinkedIn and actually you and I met through LinkedIn, right? Yeah. You, you responded to come to a meet and greet session because we were looking for really good podcast guests, right? And Hey, you end up here because <laughs> you're a great podcast guest. Oh,
0: Hopefully it works out.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, it's already worked out That's as far right. as we're concerned. <laughs> Check that off the list. That's right. So that is such a great place to network and to begin. But let's just say somebody just coming out of the military, like what is the, what are probably three top things that you would recommend that person do right away? And uh, let's just put it this way. How soon before they transition out should they begin doing those things?
0: So I would say one, get on LinkedIn. Um, Create a profile if you don't have one already. Um, and, And there's plenty of free services available to us to help us make our profiles better and and, you know i tell people all the time that it doesn't make an evaluation in the army is just like your linkedin profile you can ask 10 people if it's good you're going to get 10 different answers you know so figure out what works for you what you're happy with what's sending the message you want to send and run with that and then um, on linkedin specifically i call it targeted networking You, you know you go to the spot where you can do all the filters and you I'll filter by location. So once I knew I was going to Jacksonville, I started really targeting Jacksonville, a lot to meet people and then specific jobs. I knew if I wanted to go in this field, you know, so I just started really targeting who I was networking with. And then through that, the, the third thing that I would tell people to do is be open to opportunity. I was always, you know, I was an Intel analyst when I was in and always, I'm not gonna say I was risk averse, but I was very deliberate in the risks I took. Um, and through the transition process, you know, I, I made the the conscious decision to get out of my comfort zone and try new things. And it actually started with the podcast because I never wanted the podcast. That was never something on my list to do. Uh, someone was trying to sell me on it actually to create micro content on, um, LinkedIn. And I've yet to actually make any micro content, but, uh (laughs) um, You know, finally we we decided to go ahead and do it, and it's been a true blessing. You know, I never thought I would enjoy it, never thought it's something I'd love to do, but I have so much fun doing it. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's one of those things that I never would have tried it normally, and, and so I decided to put aside all my doubts and go, yeah, let's do this. And slowly, we're building something that I'm really proud of, and and it's just so much fun.
2: Well, yeah, and you should be proud of it. You should. And and it seems to me like such a service, a necessary service. Sort of filter down that information because, I mean, it's mind boggling to think that uh, oh, yeah. there's that many organizations that help is available, but you might not need all of that, right And then also from a business standpoint, you know you've got that renewable energy source, if you will, because there's always going to be the military service and there's always going to be people that are coming out of that service and need the information. So uh, to me it's fantastic.
1: When somebody comes to you, Sean and they say, okay, I'm you know four months, six months away from exiting military, tell me the process that you take them through to begin helping that person.
0: First question is, what have you done? Um, because maybe they're six months out, but they've been doing it for two years.
1: Like what you're hearing? Hit that subscribe button and learn how you can change how you're seen and charge what you're worth.
0: That, that's always the first question. What have we done so far? And, and sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes they They have done a whole lot of things. So we start there. Once we know what they've done, um, then we. I usually have... I think everybody does in this space have certain ones that they point people to. So I I ask questions, you know, like what they're looking to do, do, you know, have they had that discussion of where they're going to live? You know, what kind of job are they looking for? And because you got to first find out if there's any clarity, because a lot of service Mm -hmm. members are just like me. When they made that decision, there's thousands of things I could do. I don't know what I want to do, mm-hmm. and, and so you got to start to figure that out. At least, um, at least cross things off the list. I did a PMP boot camp, and I knew by the end of the boot camp, I was never going to have a PMP. So, I, you know, I was able to cross that list, the project manager thing, all that off my list. So there's a lot of white space after that. But I always start with that. You know, so so where are they at? You know, what have they done so far? You know, what direction are they heading in? And then from that data, I'll turn around and and recommend things that they check out. So if they're looking or if they have a need to do more networking, it'll be organizations like VET Industry, 50 Strong, the key community. Um, You have organizations like American Corporate Partners that provides a year worth of free mentorship. They team you up with somebody in corporate America. It's a fantastic program. And they don't use an algorithm. It's all based on the conversation you have with the, the person who works there. And they match you up. And very rarely do they have to reassign you um my mentor was fantastic um i still talk to him now so it's just one of those situations where you know we have great conversations and i can always go back to him for more information and then um the leader transition institute is one that i always recommend they have a program called from we to me it's all about changing that mindset because as soldiers in service we're all about taking care of our soldiers it's all about the we mentality and at some point when you're getting out, you have to at least think about yourself for a little bit. Sure. Um, so it fantastic program. Highly recommend everybody go through that one. Um, and then the Commit Foundation is another good one that I've always recommended. They, they have a coaching service that goes along with their program. And you get that for about six months. And my coach was phenomenal. Uh, once again, someone I still talk to. So, you know, it, it's things like that that I usually recommend, ones that I've personally used. But then I also tell them, don't just take my word for it. You know go ask somebody else get two two recommendations because someone else could hate the program i recommend
2: mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and there's so much the, so much out there um
2: yeah. you know but but the key is taking advantage of that too i know i i uh, be, i was in the auction business uh heavy especially during the uh debacle in the mortgage business uh in real estate business and we um ha- employed um I never get this right, Sean. Uh, retired Marines, uh, they're, they're not retired. Former Marines, they're not former. Not former. Like, you know, I, never got it. I never got Always it right. A <laughs> I never yeah. got it, but yet yeah, they're not with Marines. I never got it right. I think they were messing with me. But they were the four leaders <laughs> of the company, were all lifers that had returned. Uh, the company, uh, we hired them knowing, number one, they had full pensions. So we got a lot of really good leadership. Out of that and a collective hundred years worth of leadership, they got uh, stipends that were uh, incredible, all of them well above six figures or whatnot. Everybody won out of the process. But uh, I thought it was really smart of our chairman when he said, you know, we need to hire, uh, you know, our leadership for this company needs to be people who have led people and who better to go to than a government trained leader. So, uh, and that had been in it for life. I thought it was a really smart move. So, I know there's a lot of opportunities like that in America uh, for people that have that kind of strong skill set uh, and where to put that best at play and enjoy, like you said, enjoy what you're doing because oh, yeah. no matter what we do, we should enjoy what we do or we shouldn't do it.
0: I mean, that's I, I will always encourage organizations to at least talk to veterans about hiring them. You know, obviously you still got to make sure you got the right personality fits and what have you. But there's a lot of things that veterans bring to the table that aren't necessarily measurable. Mm-hmm. Like being able to make decisions on the spot when say the co- the copy machine doesn't work and nobody knows what to do. You know, a lot of times a veteran will jump right into action. We've seen it happen. The yep. other population there though, that people often forget about is the military spouse community. Now, they have a Mm -hmm. lot of gaps in their employment, but they have a lot of volunteer time that fills up those gaps or simply managing the home while the service members deployed. I mean, I would never have wanted that job. I was home with my boys for about a weekend and I was ready to, you know, (laughs) call call my wife back in. I can't do this.
2: I'm going back. Please send me on deployment. Please. Well, well, you know, we agree with you 100%. Like we have tapped into that resource. Dozens of times, uh, dozens of times, because we've had key uh, personnel in the brand face roles
1: and contractors uh, and and
2: contractors and uh, subcontractors that we have used, even uh, like contract work, as well as employees that we have hired. And and honestly, 75 percent of everybody we ever hired to work with has been veteran spouses because they 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 are. They are. They have a hard time uh, finding employment, but yet they are really good at what they're doing. And people are like, "Well, you know, you're just going to get transferred in a year or two years or whatnot." And I'm going to spend time training you. I don't want to hire you, especially a virtual based business like we are. We have found them to be incredible, and they have such of a network that you can tap into that network, and usually you start getting hits just like that, and you have a really strong pool of workforce that has the skill set to do it. So I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a super good point.
1: So this is a time to segue into this. So you mentioned clarity earlier and you mentioned, you know, the first thing you do is kind of get clear on where your clients are. This is kind of what we do in the personal branding world is we bring, you know, help people bring clarity to, okay, who do you serve? How do you serve them? What qualifies you to do that? Um, how does it make their life better and what makes you different? right? So a lot of those things are answered in the branding process. So now that you are kind of headed in this direction where you're helping other veterans and you're in the process of building your own brand to be able to do that as well, Sean, what one piece of advice would you give people about personal branding?
0: I go back to the personalities, like the disc assessment, you know, Mm -hmm. those people who have that I personality, this type of branding i think comes a lot easier especially with social media um whereas i was an intel guy for 20 years i've hardly touched social media i stayed away from it because i saw how much trouble people would get in doing stupid things um, <laughs> so now i'm out and you know I, my, my partner on the podcast is telling me i gotta make a TikTok video or an instagram video i'm like you know how dumb i feel holding the phone and talking to it <laughs> you know it's like it I, I can talk to anybody, you know, just like this, but you put that phone in my hand and I'm trying to do this. I feel so silly. Um, but I'm trying really hard to do it. We don't, didn't have a budget yet. Like we just officially made the podcast in LLC, uh, in, in our tent, um, with doing that, is you know, to help cover the expenses, obviously that, you know, you have from the different services you use like StreamYard. So we, we found a, a military spouse who has a marketing degree, but doesn't have a whole lot of experience. So she's volunteered to come on to help us with our social media and our marketing and to help us get going. And our goal is to be able to bring her on full time and pay her. And the beauty of it is she's got two young kids at the house, so she'll be able to stay home, you know, and this is a job she can do from anywhere. So whether they move or not, doesn't matter to us. Um, so that's another way that we hope we can give back. And And she just has phenomenal ideas. And now granted, not a knock on her, but it doesn't take a whole lot to provide a great marketing idea to someone like me who doesn't understand social media at all. So, uh, but no, I love her ideas. She's she's uh, really trying to help us. And so, you know, we're taking slow steps, trying to get it moving. And we just spent a week out at, in Vegas at the Military Influencer Conference with a bunch of great people who work in the transition space, tried really hard to to be a high eye and go out there and interact with everybody and try to, you know, create some great content.
2: Well, you've done you've done the first thing that everybody should do is do it. And just you, do it. you have been doing it. And now um, there's no doubt that it's going to do great things and, and great things for a lot of people that need it. Uh, but I, I always applaud people. Yes. Uh, even when we hear that and you're like, well, you know, we just you know, we, we may not have it right, but we're out there doing it. I'm like, hallelujah. Yes. There's so many people that's like, oh, I got to get it perfect before I can move. And we're like, no, no, no. Done is better than perfect. We just literally had this conversation yeah. um, with a, another client of ours out of Carlsbad. Call, and uh, we we agree with it 100%. So yeah. I applaud you um, for getting out there and doing it uh, because it is going to be a, a really great service for all that. Already has been,
0: no doubt. It, it's how the podcast started, too. We were talking and talking and talking and finally just record. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Just, Just like a <laughs> yep. I think I, I shared it. with you, Sean, in the call that you came on that meet and greet um where we're th- Talking to potential guests, and and I think I shared with with your group that the first at least year of our podcast you can't find anywhere. I hope, um, <laughs> because we removed them all because they were so bad. They were terrible. Uh, like the audio was terrible. Michael was in his car, and he would just pull up at a gas station somewhere, and you know, stationary point where he had you know three or four coverage bars on his phone, and put towels up in the windows <laughs> to block the you know, harsh light. And that was how our podcast started. And so seven years later, we're, we're still at it. And we like to think we're a little more professional than that these days, but you know, it's that's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But, uh, but anyway, well, we have two final uh, questions for you, Sean. And uh, one is a question we ask all of our guests. If our listeners have the freedom to visit any place in the world, um, which place would you recommend they visit and why?
0: I would say Ireland. Um, second
1: time Ireland's popped yeah, up. I like it,
0: all of Ireland. Uh, uh, now I have relatives that live there. The, some cousins, uh, I think second or third cousins, about my my parents' age. Um, we were fortunate enough before we left Germany to come back to the states to go over there for a week. And one, most of my relatives were from New England, so everybody in Ireland kind of talks like they're from that that New England accent, you know, <laughs> type thing. So that that was great. Felt completely at home. Um, we actually got to hang out with the relatives, see all the historical stuff with the family, which is amazing. And, um, there are two things, well, there's three things that stick out from that specific trip. One, when we were in Dublin, before we went to go see family, we got on a bus going the wrong way. We actually left Dublin. So we had no idea where we were going. Uh, when we get to the end, the bus driver's like, where are you going? Uh, and then we told him, yeah, you went the wrong way. He sat there for 25 minutes on the side of the road, talking with us until the bus came, uh, which was just amazing. It's not something I think you find hardly anywhere. Agreed. Um, the second part is my son was very attached. He always had to know where either my wife or I was. He was about 18 months when we went there. And we're sitting there talking, uh, The these cousins, they were sisters, lived together. And we're talking to one of them and I'm looking around. I can't find my son anywhere. And we look out the front window, and he's walking down the road with the dog and the other sister. It didn't tell us, didn't care. He was completely at home and at ease. Um, And it was just an amazing experience for us. And then the final story that always rings true, um, we went to meet their mother. And uh, so she brought out tea for all the ladies. And she brought me a 10-year-old bottle of scotch and told me she had no ice. And it was only 9 in the morning. So <laughs> it's it shaped up to be a long day. Uh, but it was one of those experiences. It was just phenomenal. The food was amazing. So much culture and history. Um, it's just a gorgeous area to go. Highly recommend people go visit Ireland.
2: Did, uh, did you kiss the Blarney Stone?
0: Well, we haven't gone that far north yet. So that's on the next trip.
2: It's on the next trip. Well, right. you'll have the gift of gab. So it'll just help you that much more. There you go. The, according to the legend.
1: Every podcaster should, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> all right, John, this has been great. Uh, we could go on forever. I hope that we have a, a round two. Definitely. Uh, finally, last question. Uh, how does the audience connect with you if they want to learn more?
0: Let, let me start by thanking you both for having me on. I mean, you guys have a fantastic organization and, and something that I think so many people can benefit from. Um, because it, it's, it's all about growing in, in that branding piece. And from what I've seen so far, you two do it amazing job with that. So thank you for, thank for you having so me Thank you so much. Uh the, There are a couple ways you can connect with me directly on LinkedIn, uh, Sean Welsh 00. Um, I'm also, we have a, uh, a website for the podcast, vetsospodcast.com. Through there, you can connect to our YouTube to watch the videos or most of your major pl- uh, podcast platforms to uh, listen to them if you'd like. Um, spread the word. You know, we want we want to help anybody in the, the veteran transitioning service member and spouse community just just to learn about what's available to them. There's so many resources, and all we want to do is try to help. Uh, my my uh, partner Eric has been doing transition for almost four years now, uh, working in this space has tons of resources and loves to help people. So it's it's really one of those simple things. Shoot, connect with us on LinkedIn. Shoot us a DM. Let's talk. Let's see what we can do.
1: Well, thank you again. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you. And I hope this is just the beginning of a great relationship, Sean.
0: Definitely. Look forward to the next time.
1: Ready to change how you're seen and charge what you're worth? If you're not getting enough opportunities to meet with ideal customers or the prospects you're meeting with just aren't ideal, it's most likely your brand that's holding you back. So if you're a coach, consultant, or expert who is on the rise, you need our ultimate guide to a freedom-based brand. Download it free now at brandfaceguide.com.